0: A belated Happy New Year from us, your friends at We'll See You in Hell, the podcast that is now part of the Fangoria Podcast Network and has been since the beginning. For more information about this network, including other programs, how to follow our show, other shows, or find episodes of any of these shows, including We'll See You in Hell, of course, please visit Fangoria.com. And here we are, Patty, 2016, January, about to watch the movie Nurse. I was whistling "Old Lang Syne. I, I could tell, and thank you for bringing a little flavor. You're welcome. To the podcast. What's new with us? Uh, we're on different sides of the couch, I can tell you that. It feels wrong, but it, it also feels so right. It's, we're <laughs> I moved. We're in my new apartment.
1: I had a birthday. I'm 35 years old. You're only 35? Yeah. You bastard. When my father was 35, I would have been 12. Right. God, that's disturbing. You're only 35. If I had a 12-year-old, it would be dead. (laughs) Long dead. Why do you say that? Like, I I wouldn't think about it very much. I wouldn't think about the child's death very much. It would have died so long ago. Why do you say that, though? I, I mean, maybe it would have whipped some responsibility into me, but I just, I'm in no place. I'm starting to maybe kind of think about possibly getting in the place, but I'm I, not in the place.
0: At this point in my life, I don't know if this will stay the constant yeah. forever, but uh, I'd rather kill myself <laughs> than have a child. Well, wrap it up, Joseph. I, just, I have no desire to have a child. This dog, old Connie boy right here, that's all I need. Yeah. All He's right. right next to me.
1: Seems to me to be pretty much the same responsibility level.
0: Not at all. Not at all. Got to run home. Barking. You you feed him a couple times a day. You walk him a couple times a day. You know he goes and sleeps in a crate at nighttime. He lays around the house. There's no crying. There's no teach me about things. There's nothing. He'll never develop. It's great. You don't have to teach your kid about things. But the problem with a child is it develops. That's always been my issue with it. Is like it's not. Starts sassing you back.
1: Yeah, who wants any of that? But maybe you get an awesome kid. There are awesome kids. Maybe I was an awesome kid. But if you don't, my parents said I never cried. I just sat and judged people.
0: I'd like the baby years. I think that'd be fun, and you you have cute time with the baby. And yeah. then after that,
1: that's what a dog is like. It's like a baby. Some Instagram likes. Yeah, you know that's all we're out the, out there looking for.
0: You you're uh your energy's down tonight. I will I will say, doesn't well, sound like you're ready to conquer the new year.
1: Uh, I am I I feel like I've already been conquering it and I'm weary from that really because everyone kind of looks at me walking down the street and they're like this guy's been conquering 2016 (laughs) and I come here and I you know I've already spent my A and B game Uh you're getting my C frankly
0: uh you're getting my c i'm not gonna lie to you right now i already did i did jimmy pardo's podcast today never not funny yes and it was I love jimmy pardo I, I love jimmy pardo too and i love doing that podcast but it is a solid two hours yeah or more of talking and and
1: and with f- no real theme unless it changed since i last No, listened. you're
0: just kind of futzing around so yeah. so the idea of talking to you now for two hours is <laughs> not exciting is me. but i did intoxicating i did meet a very nice lady on the road uh, who told me that she's a huge fan of the podcast. Oh, great. And she said, I love listening to you guys talk because I feel like I'm watching a movie with my friends, and they're just talking the whole time. And I said, "I, I said, God bless you. I'm glad you feel that way because about the 60-minute mark, <laughs> I, I I don't even know what I'm saying
1: anymore. I tell you, I always have a nice time. I have a nice time, too. We We visit, we talk. Shoot the breeze. We're going to watch some nudity. You pour some sort of a soda cocktail every yeah. time. Something with soda.
0: Would you Actually, make not
1: every time because you never have soda. But this is a, a Jack with a splash of D.C. Diet Coke. Diet Coke. You brought your own Diet Coke. It was in the fridge. Oh, okay. I just bought some nice
0: natural cane sugar soda at the new coffee shop that opened near my apartment. Is it
1: the new Green Coke? No, which I haven't even seen advertised. At work, we have Green Coke. Green Coke is like it's like another version of diet, and it's gross. But it's also ninety
0: calories, which is like it's like not diet. I they don't get keep it. because they keep trying to make this like hybrid, like it's not totally aspartame. It's like some of that, and then right. some sugar. And it, it always just tastes like Diet Coke.
1: Like, is it worldwide, or are we in a test market for it?
0: I don't know, but I I got it. I was very excited to try it because I thought maybe finally it's like a, a compromise. And it it just tastes like Diet Coke. Yeah, you can't aspartame is like garlic. Yeah, it, once it's in there, you're
1: not. There's no way you're not tasting it. You know, at least I mean? once a year, I'll go up to a bartender, and I'll go. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have a uh, little ditty about Jack and Diet. And no one has ever laughed at it.
0: I would. Uh, to
1: this day, no one's ever laughed at it.
0: Were you to tell me a
1: bartender did laugh at it, <laughs> I would go and demand he be fired. <laughs> I think it's pretty strong. If I was a bartender and all I'm listening to all night is like, hey, bro, can I get you a couple more shots of the uh, Jaeger. And somebody comes up to me like a, a classy, distinguished gentleman like myself. Uh-huh. And I go, Hey, man, can I, can I get a little ditty about Jack and Diane? I'd laugh and I go, "Hey, you're all right, bud. It's on the house."
0: I wouldn't even know what the fuck you were talking about, John Cougar camp yeah. No, I, I know. I get the reference. John. I'm saying, like, John Cougar-Milk. Were we not talking about Jack and Diet Coke right now? I'd be like, "What the hell is Diet?" Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what you were saying. Diet
1: Coke. They get oh. it. That's that's what's infuriating is that they usually do get it. They just don't laugh at it. Oh, well, look, <sighs>
0: maybe I, maybe I'm just meant to be a bartender because I'm not finding the humor in it either.
1: All right, well then go bartend. I'll finish up this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a drink tonight, but I had so many last night. And uh I'm just not going to drink tonight. It helps me speak freely. It's, I, it it helps uh, it helps all of us speak freely. My problem is, is I get one in me and then I just that's you know, want to keep
1: going. <sighs> I'm going to finish this and then want to go paint the town and it'll only be midnight. Let's think about it.
0: You don't have to work tomorrow? I work at 11. So you'll stay up till 2 a.m.
1: tonight? I always do.
0: I'm not against it.
1: It's Wednesday. You ain't got shit to do tomorrow.
0: There's a bar over there called L. Something. I can't remember the name. Uh-huh. I want to check it out. Apparently, it's a real beer-swilling, like, <laughs> like tough guy room.
1: <laughs> hey. I can be tough when I need to be. I'd go over there for a beer. I can't be tough, folks. That was a lie.
0: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're watching the movie Nurse today. Why? Because Pat's seen it, and I haven't. Another new twist for the new year. We've never done one where I didn't see it, and Pat did. Right.
1: I watched it pretty recently, and it's reasonably entertaining. And It's chock full of nudity. It's got Paz de la Huerta, who seems com- criminally insane. I don't know who that is. She was on Boardwalk Empire, where she was naked. Every episode, okay. long periods of time. I like that. Uh, and that's what this is. She's, it's kind of like she's a sexy nurse and she kills people.
0: Okay, very good. We're uh, back on the Netflix because the new setup involves my new Mac Mini computer. Uh, thank you again to Keith Robinson for betting me that Star Wars would not make more money than the Avengers. <laughs> and uh, stupid, paying me Keith. $500 when he lost that bet. I
1: can't believe he paid that bet. Uh, that's, the kind of be- that's the amount that you can be like, ah, you know, man. Sorry.
0: He's a betting man. He likes to gamble. So I took that money to the store. I bought me a Mac Mini, and our new setup is watching these on the Mac Mini instead of the Apple TV. So if you want to pause now and go to your Netflix and uh, look up Nurse and watch along with us, please do so. If not, you don't have to. Uh, here comes the count off. Patty, uh, why don't
1: you do the honors? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go one, two, three, play. Here we go. One, two, three, play. Now, when Nurse. There we are. Nurse was actually released theatrically 3D. Uh,
0: it was released in 3D?
1: Yeah. It's coming in a little loud for me.
0: It's a little loud for me, too. Can you, do you want to talk for a minute while I adjust it?
1: Yeah, I'll talk for a minute.
0: you got to cover this.
1: Okay. So, yeah, Nurse was uh, released 3D, and it was one of... There's been a few of these horror movies that are released, like, almost under the radar. Uh, like, My... What's the one? My Bloody Valentine? My Bloody Valentine 3D? Um... It's still very loud, Joe. That's better, yes. Okay. They opened with a title screen about how uh, the medical profession is full of malpractice and people killing each other and things like that. We're opening on a butt shot.
0: I like how they felt like they needed to justify the purpose of this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, it's probably to pad it out. It's a minute. It's an hour 23.
0: It is an hour 23, and folks... We're not going to lie to you. That's part of why we chose this too. <laughs> it's uh, about ten thirty on a school night for us.
1: Yeah, we were like, let's do the Shining, and then realized it's two and a half hours long.
0: We'll do something better next time. I mean, we're not. I'm not saying this is bad. I've never seen it, but uh, now why is she in this
1: whore's outfit already? She's on the hunt. I think so. What she does is she targets like cheaters, married guys assholes that's owen benjamin and then she kills them it's sort of like uh dexter almost which is probably how it's my buddy owen i say he's too attractive to be a comedian
0: he's a very good looking man and he's the tallest man i've ever met in my
1: life oh wow i'm gonna get to see my buddy owen get killed this is exciting yeah now have you ever seen one of your friends killed in a movie or television only in real life and I, I, uh, I still... Speaking of Dexter, oddly enough, I uh, dated this girl for a while when I first moved to L.A., and her friend was an aspiring actress, and then she started getting roles. She played Don Draper's mom in a flashback on Mad Men, uh-huh. but her big break, she was like, I'm going to be on the season premiere of Dexter. I'm in a scene with John Lithgow, which is probably the best season of Dexter. Season four. Okay. And I'm like, oh, that's so great! I watched that show, so I'll be watching it anyway. It's so cool that I get to see you. And she's—I like, actually yeah. don't
0: think that's my friend Owen, by the way. I think I made a mistake. I'm
1: sorry to cut yeah, your story okay. off. It doesn't just, look like him now that I see it either. It just popped into my head. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, also, her ass is out in the club. That's what I'm saying. It's pretty ballsy. I,
0: she's got a she's got a terrifying
1: look to her. Yeah. Already, she looks like a lunatic.
0: (laughs) Who's She
1: honestly looks like a girl I would have dated at some point in my life. Now, finish your story. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, So, anyway, I tune into the season premiere of Dexter. I've spent, like, hours with this girl. She's my girlfriend's best friend. And I turn on Dexter. In the opening scene, she gets full-frontally naked, Bush included. Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy shit. Then John Lithgow murders her. Spoiler alert. Brings her into a bathtub and, like, ca- tenderly caresses her completely nude body as he, like, her she bleeds out into the bathtub. And I'm like, wouldn't you tell somebody, hey, not only am I going to be on Dexter, I'm going to be full frontally nude and murdered. She probably just signed an NDA. Maybe. I thought she was going to be, like, a barista who sells Dexter a cup of coffee.
0: Well, I mean, I'll tell you what's weird is...
1: This guy's about to get his dick bit off. You know, how many times...
0: (laughs) How many times did she think that was going to happen when she was watching Harry and the Hendersons as a kid? Probably never. (laughs) You know, that's a weird situation to be in with John Lithgow.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, she just cut (sighs) his dick with a scalpel. And can I tell you, he did not react big enough. Now, is this... Is this girl a good actor, or is this she's fa- she's convincingly crazy, kind of like a Sharon Stone? You completely buy that she's insane, but she's not a strong actress. Now, I don't know if I'm buying this character she's putting out there already. The nurse.
0: It's I don't know. It's it's real monotone. The delivery.
1: I, I don't. I don't know. She wasn't great on Boardwalk Empire. I only saw the first season of that show, and I'd like to finish it at some point. Who did she play on that show? <sighs> she played Bashemi's like, mall. Like, you know, she was kind of, like, on call to bang him. And she was always naked.
0: Well, there's the reason the movie was in 3D. Right. Oh, God, terrible CGI. So she shoved him off a roof in one of those, one of those fence... Metal, iron, cast-iron fence posts went through them. Yeah. A la The Omen, I believe is the movie that happens in. And and it was an unnecessarily weird shot that clearly was made just for 3D.
1: Yeah, this is kind of weird. It does like a... You can tell they're going for a camp thing, but it's never really funny or scary, which is the danger of the horror comedy.
0: I know. uh, I always want... More Nisi Nash in my horror movies. I love Nisi Nash, and she's in this. Yeah, she is. Uh, I don't know if I have a frame of reference to say I like or do not like her. I just don't think horror when I think Nisi Nash.
1: No, nor should you. But she's effective. She's great on Getting On, which is an HBO drama comedy. I do show.
0: like her on that show, and I thought she was funny on uh
1: Reno 911. Yes, yes. I I missed. Uh, I'm a massive comedy buff and have been since i was five years old but i completely missed mad tv i had never seen an episode of it let me tell you something you didn't miss shit really
0: yeah it wasn't that funny
1: now the other night they did their reunion show and it was done really on the cheap but i was like i wonder if i might have enjoyed this i did find there to be a shockingly racist asian character that i guess was one of the biggest characters on the show done by the woman from getting on alex borstein Who voices uh, the mom on Family Guy? Yes. Uh, And a lot of this, Bobby Lee, and a lot of this, I was like, this is, would probably not fly today. It wasn't, and it was only 10 years
0: ago. It wasn't that funny of a show. I love Bobby. I have friends that run the, I mean, Bobby Lee's
1: hilarious. Key and Peel were on. Key and
0: Peel, I'm not friends with them, but they were both on the show. Uh, But yeah, there there have been some great people on the show, but I never found the show to be that great overall. Okay. Uh, I can best describe it like this. Mad Magazine is funnier than Mad TV.
1: Oh, oh, I forgot that it was they were one and the same.
0: Yeah, so, you know, and I'm not hating on Mad Magazine, but you're not reading it and, you know, doubled over. No. Oh, no, no. Unless maybe you're like Homer Simpson or something, you know? Right. The uh, Look at Judd Nelson making an appearance.
1: Judd Nelson, you sort of figure he retired from acting, but the truth is he's probably just not getting work, which is a little sad.
0: But, I mean... That's pretty cool that he was in a movie that was in theaters again, because I think he was kind of. Yeah.
1: Is that Kathleen Turner? Turner. You know, I I watched, you know, Dumb and Dumber, two, And uh, I saw some Californication, which is a show that got pretty bad by the end. But Kathleen Turner. Her entire role in both of those projects and in most of the things she does now is everyone tells her how fucking ugly she is and how much she looks like a man. Really? And there's 800 jokes in Dumb and Dumber 2 about how ugly she is. And look, she was unbelievably sexy in her prime, but people age. Yeah. You know, Jesus Christ. Like, she's a decent-looking woman for her age. <laughs> I It really bothers me. And, you know, Dumb and Dumber was kind of a nasty movie in some ways, but it was also very sweet. Dumb and Dumber 2, like, on the 20th minute of Kathleen Turner looks like a bulldog joke's. I'm like, I, I want to write this woman a letter and say that I find her to be attractive. Well, why don't you? Maybe I should have. Who's stopping you? Then again, she like she gets sent the script. Her agent has to send her a script where it's like, you're playing really disgusting-looking woman. It, it breaks my heart.
0: That hurts me. That hurts me to hear that. I don't like to hear that. And that, that. was a
1: woman who people wanted to fuck for 30 years.
0: <sighs> that scene in War of the Roses where she like, seduces Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, Whew.
1: Yeah. Whew. I, the I the part where she like walks on her
0: hands and everything, like yeah, yeah, she was something else, man.
1: War of the Roses is spectacular. I love it. I you still remember my priest doing a uh, uh, homily or a monologue or whatever about War of the Roses and how evil it was because because it was about divorce. Yeah, I was like nine years old, and they were like, "Isn't it funny, a couple divorcing? Just shameful." On and on.
0: Right, you know, I respect the guy for for sticking to it hardcore. Priest? Yeah.
1: Oh, all right. I mean, if you're
0: going to do it, do it right, right? Yeah.
1: You know, good for him for not being a half-ass. I don't agree with him, <laughs> but... I just admire how fucking nasty that movie was, and it was a huge hit. I loved it, and they both die at the end. They they do. They
0: do. It's incredible. I remember the first time I saw it, I couldn't believe that they both died at the end. Yeah. I
1: could not believe it. I was Are you waiting. a Death to Smoochie fan? Love Death to Smoochie. Yeah, I mean, DeVito's just one of the sickest fucks in the world. Yeah, he, he's... You even, know. Ma- even his kid's movie, Matilda, is fucked up. Is it? It's really dark. This I is wanna... Katrina Bowden of 30 Rock fame.
0: This is the girl from 30 Rock? Yeah. Who'd she play on there? I don't watch TV. We're seeing this guy's butt? This guy's, guy's butt. this guy's butt you see butt.
1: Not, no nudity of, of Bowden. Well, that's stupid. I think, cor- I think the kid is from High School Musical. That's upsetting. Yeah. You know?
0: He's got a Donald Glover vibe.
1: Yeah. This kid. The, uh, just watch Donald Glover play uh, the smartest man in the world in The Martian. That's literally what he play. Who he plays? Yeah, he plays like this, like, like uh, lazy stoner guy who strolls in. and Is like, oh, I think I can solve your problems, NASA. Is that movie good? It's pretty solid. It's not a comedy. It just won best comedy. At the I corner. don't understand.
0: Yeah, what is that?
1: It's a. I mean, the Golden Globes is the most worthless television program on earth they just buy the awards the best comedy uh television went to mozart in the jungle which no one has seen and i <laughs> think is a drama as well but basically it's like uh, uh, everyone behind the martian is like all right we know we have a good movie here that people really enjoyed but it's not going to win best picture drama so let's just enter it as a comedy and the golden globes people are like yeah that's fine
0: it was uh obama's favorite movie of the year
1: you know, it celebrates science, and it celebrates intelligence, and I like that about it a lot. It's very nerdy. Like, the last line of the movie is like, well, science sure is special, isn't it? It's like that nerdy.
0: Some you like could, should watch it at school. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. I,
1: I That tells I, you nothing. I'm never going to see it. That a narrator no, I'm, I'm says science me. is a wonderful thing. I'm asking you to tell me the end of the movie. Oh, no, I don't want to do that for the podcast listeners. No, I just said spoiler <laughs> alert. Well, now, do you think Matt Damon dies alone on Mars, or do you think he comes home? I think he comes home. All right, well, you're right. I'm right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a big triumph. Yeah.
0: But it's a good movie. I liked it. Uh, look, it's a good team of people. It's just not the kind of movie I care about.
1: It looked like right. Castaway with a lot of gardening in it. <laughs> well, I fucking love Castaway, and Martian's nowhere near as good as that, but I did like
0: it. I enjoyed Castaway. I've heard The Revenant
1: compared to Castaway. I, I don't see any, any comparison. I haven't Castaway seen Castaway really. Uh, kind of broke me up as if i can get a little pretentious as like a metaphor for loneliness i thought it was pretty fantastic
0: i didn't uh, i i I haven't seen castaway in many years yeah but i do love the part where after he gets rescued they have that party for him and then he's alone in the room and he just picks up that king crab leg yeah
1: and like just throws it like (laughs) yeah you gotta be kidding me yeah Uh, like in bridesmaids i love that Kristen wig when she's sobbing Watching a movie, it's Castaway, and she's not watching like when Harry met Sally or something. You know, like Castaway is to me a, a perfect metaphor for like just being completely alone, and well, then, and then how hard it is to readjust to people when you're not alone anymore. Can I, I
0: just take us back to the movie for a second?
1: Yeah. Did you see? Look that? at this. She's showering in, she's her, showering underwear. in her underwear. Underwear because she, she
0: clearly has some no nudity clause. But th- the, then the why sh- cast sh- her, folks? This sh- is sh- a hard R. <laughs> horror movie the sh- that's not even what i was going to point out the shot of the shower head with the water coming out of it just so you can have the 3d water yeah so stupid this movie's mm. making me angry <laughs> um i am finding the main character
1: sexier and sexier as we go along that's here, what though. she does that's kind of her thing but she's got like uh you know i write for a show that does a lot of current event jokes and i look at couple different websites each day to see what the new, like, celeb gossip is so I can be up on it. And there was a period of, like, three years where she was always, like, tit falling out of her dress, blackout drunk, fainting at a bar. Like, legs spread, like, every night. Like, a Wednesday night, there she is.
0: All right. You know. Look oh, at that. Look wow. at that ass. We saw like a couple of pigs right now. We're just now. disgusting. Yeah, I know. But she is, she is... I'm, I'm seeing the She's, appeal.
1: Yeah, I get it, too.
0: Now, do you see her boobs in this? Oh,
1: yeah, there yeah, you go. Constantly. <laughs> I uh, just came from seeing Daddy's Home. I thought
0: you were going to say I just came. I came a little bit. All right, you saw Daddy's Home. God only knows why. I'm a huge fan of both uh, Farrell and Wahlberg.
1: Well, then there's your answer, you know? But the movie looks terrible. And, like, there's so many comedies that are just completely panned. A great example would be the, the remake of Vacation, which is not a classic by any means, but I laughed throughout, and that's all I need. And critics made it seem like it was, uh, you know, a fucking disaster, and it wasn't. So now sometimes they're right. You and I saw Get Hard. Get Hard wasn't good, but I'm like Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell. Why would I not see this? I didn't
0: see Get Hard. You saw that with that. Not with me. We saw Get Hard together. We d- I've never seen that movie.
1: Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart prison movie. Yeah,
0: I know what it is. I've never seen it. We didn't? No. I didn't see that either because I was like, this movie looks terrible.
1: I think we talked about it on this podcast.
0: We might have talked about They're in
1: jail. Yeah. We saw it at the Glendale Galleria.
0: Pat, I didn't see it with you. I've never seen the film.
1: All right. I don't know who I fucking saw it with. Yeah, it's
0: That's no, disturbing. I didn't, I didn't think it looked funny. And I am a fan of both of those guys. Well, now, Daddy's Home. I know home, Kevin,
1: and I st- didn't see it. Daddy's Home did not look funny either. Right. Uh... You know, on the last podcast, we talked about Get Hard, and you said, yeah, that fucking sucked. We saw it.
0: Pat, I didn't see it with you. I might have said it sucked because I thought it looked like it sucked, but I never saw the movie. It looked like a terrible movie, so I didn't see it.
1: I'm baffled by this.
0: What do you think, I'm playing a prank on you?
1: No, I guess not, but I just... The lamest prank ever? I can remember who I saw, like, every movie of my life with, and I could have sworn you you can Apparently I can't.
0: Your, your brain's going to shit.
1: <laughs> I don't think my brain's going to shit.
0: What's that from? Because your brain's gone to shit. What is that from? What movie is that from?
1: I don't know. Ah,
0: That's going to kill me Goodfellas? No. no Goodfellas, he tells going you the drugs are turning your brain into mush. Yeah. You better check, because your brain's gone to shit. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, go ahead. How was Daddy's Home? So, uh, I don't give a shit
1: about Wahlberg, really, but I love Farrell. I like Wahlberg in a comedy. And I figure Farrell is going to make me laugh ten times minimum, whether the movie's good or bad. And I was wrong, folks. (laughs) It's really bad. And a woman I work with who I think is very funny said it was good, but then I remembered she's got kids and she never leaves the house. And sometimes you go to see a movie once a year, that movie's going to seem pretty good. It's really aggressively bad. All of the music is from 2001. What's the music? Like, give me... Like, the year 2001. It's no, no, like, I know. Uh, like, give me, like, a... The Hives. Like, hate to say I told you so. And what is the significance? Dirt Off Your Shoulder, Jay-Z. It's literally all the music is from 2001. And tell
0: me, how many times do white guys walk in slow motion to the Jay-Z song?
1: Uh, well, that's the scene. They do it, they do it. But white guys walk Sounds. in slow motion ten times in the movie. They walk in slow motion to... Dirt Off Your Shoulder once. Because How
0: many fucking movies are going to It's in that? every
1: trailer. How The many guys th- walk into a place in ah. slow motion to hip-hop music.
0: It's it's every fucking movie.
1: It's honestly, even though I know it's not, I'm going to just say it's racist because I'm so sick of it.
0: Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll back you on that. Like,
1: stop it. What the, the entire joke is that a white guy is walking to rap music?
0: Stop this it. This girl's got an unbelievable body. I I'm know blown I'm talking... away by it. Talking like Howard Stern right now, but I mean, it really is. She really is a tremendous. She's just naked the entire specimen. time.
1: specimen. Yeah. It's all natural. Yeah,
0: that's. Uh, I'm confused. I don't really feel comfortable watching this movie with you anymore.
1: <laughs> I chose it so we could perhaps take our friendship to the next level. <laughs>
0: She's got this amazingly boss-pimped-out apartment,
1: and then she's got a Kerrig coffee machine. <laughs> Kerrigs, you know, they're not cheap. Guess they are. They're pretty cheap. I used to live in an apartment building that had a uh, Kerrig in the lobby. Uh-huh. And I go down there and have eight, ten cups a day. <laughs> and then one day I was like, you know what? If you're heating a small plastic thing that can't be good for you cancer-wise,
0: and I well, stopped. That's why I switch coffee pots. I used to have the Keurig big time. I switched because of that. But then my parents are still in the Keurig, and they found, they found, K cups that are, the safe plastic or whatever. Okay. There's like a safe plastic you
1: can use. So it. So I guess but that's what you do. They make some that aren't. They make a, a majority of them aren't. I would assume that's pretty disturbing. I would assume they're not. So they recognize the cancer risk because they make an alternative.
0: There's nothing. There's there's been. Uh, look, I switched just to be safe. There's been no, really no proof yet about the hot. Jesus, she's going full frontal, full too. Full frontal, folks. That's full vagina shot. Yeah. Um, Not no bush. That was like full. You just saw her vagina.
1: Yeah. Um, It's also like this Bowden who's going to be doing this the entire time, like wearing a bra and underwear. You're in a scene with a woman with her vagina out. Did did anyone, like, say to her, like... Also,
0: why do they keep showing... Here's the thing. I respect if Bowden doesn't get naked in a movie. Why do they keep showing her in her bra? Stop showing
1: it. I don't need to see her putting her shirt on. They're trying to wind you up a little bit, I guess.
0: They just showed this girl's clam. (laughs) The hell am I going to get out of her Victoria's Secret horse
1: shit? I did enjoy it. Maybe they're they're going for the guy who likes something a little more classy, like myself. That guy would have walked out of this movie by now. (laughs) He would have been offended. Uh, So, I mean, Daddy's Home... The premise, everything about it's like, you're like, okay, this is a no-brainer. This is going to be a pretty solid comedy. And they just miss again and again and again. And none of the jokes hit. Nothing about it is funny. They do this bit where Will Ferrell talks about how the Ford Fiesta or something is like uh, a great car. It's got some fun bells and whistles for him, but also it's safe for the kids. And you're like, okay, I get that this is a joke, but you know they got a lot of money from the Ford people. Right. Then they do it again at the end for longer. So for like two minutes, they talk about the legitimate features of the Ford whatever car it is. You're kidding me. And it's a new Ford model. And it's the first and last scene of the film essentially talk at length about how great this actual car is. You're kidding me. And they give its full name. I was kind of appalled by the whole thing. No. And it's not done satirically either. It's not like in Wayne's World where they're doing the all <laughs> about a no sponsor yeah. or whatever, which is fucking genius still. Yeah. Uh, because that was, unless I'm wrong, that was like the first time I had ever seen anyone call that shit out. No,
0: it was. Uh, I was
1: blown away by that when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, that killed me. The new print part yeah. where it goes black and white. Yeah. Little yellow. Different. And it's the that choice of me. a
1: new generation.
0: Yeah. That killed me. I, my, my favorite p- sequence in the whole thing, though, is when when Garth is sitting back with his feet up and his hands <laughs> on his head in full Nike air mm-hmm. gear gear. And he's like, it just makes me sick, man. You know, these people, it's like they're corporate slaves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like real like above it. <laughs> um and this this daddy's home it did everything that just bothers me about a movie where there's like scenes where like it's Thomas Hayden church playing a scumbag which should be funny. He did it great and sideways and it's him and Farrell and they're sitting in this office and for like a six minute scene, neither of them says anything funny and I'm like, why not just Show me a recording of Will Farrell talking to Thomas Hayden Church for six minutes. Where the because hell is, it'll be funnier than this.
0: Where the hell has Thomas Hayden Church been?
1: You know what I bet happened is he got nominated for an Oscar for Sideways and he got all that acclaim and then everybody was didn't really know what to do with him. But he also wasn't gonna take some shitty project. I
0: actually also heard that he's like not like he's just kinda like I'll work if I feel like working. Like he's not like Okay. A,
1: he's got wings money.
0: They kinda had to talk him into Sideways.
1: Well, that role was written for Clooney, who wound up not being able to do it.
0: Yeah, and and Alexander Payne apparently called him and said, I want
1: you to be in my movie.
0: And he was like, nah. I did not know that. And then he said, you get to have sex with my wife in it. (laughs)
1: Because he was married to that girl. Sandra, oh, yeah. Yeah. He is great in that movie. I would have loved to see what Clooney did with it as well, but. It wouldn't have been the same. No.
0: Clooney, Clooney, Clooney's too likable. I don't know if I've ever seen him play like a dark.
1: Not that dark, no. It's really, it's just like such a small kind of special movie, and Clooney would have upset that balance, I think.
0: Yeah, and it also would have taken away from Giamatti,
1: and that was kind of his breakout. Right. I felt like, you know? Yeah. This Daddy's Home, now they have Paul Shear come out uh, as this announcer at a big basketball game. Paul Shear's on screen for five minutes, and I'm not saying that nothing he said was funny. I'm saying they didn't write him even anything in the proximity of a joke <laughs> they just didn't like you you couldn't i'm sure paul shears on set and is like guys you don't want to give me one joke i'm funny i'm a funny actor you don't want to give me something funny to say it's an it's an infuriating movie
0: i find it's always a bit problematic when Farrell were is without adam what's his face yeah okay
1: and then I saw McKay produced it, and I was like, well, that's kind of a shocker, too.
0: You know, like, I liked I, I like the basketball one, Semi-Pro, but it uh, would have been 20 times better if McKay did it.
1: I agree. I'll take Blades of Glory over Semi-Pro, even. I like Blades of Glory. But, like, Andy Daly in Semi-Pro is a great example of, like, a, a bit part where they gave him some funny shit to do. Like, Andy Daly's really funny in that movie. And
0: he is very funny in it. But, by the way, how happy are you that that trope has finally ended the zany announcers. Oh, yeah. That are saying, like.
1: Well, you're never going to do it better than Euchre in Major League.
0: Uh, I would say the crown. Uh, Euchre in Major League is really great, but.
1: Just I would, a bit outside. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would give the crown to Fred Willard in Best in Show. Okay, well, sure. They, can you really call that a sports movie? I don't
0: know. But it's the, it's the character, it's the I announcer agree. saying, like, inappropriate stuff, though. Yeah.
1: Now, on our last podcast, we talked about John Michael Higgins and how he steals uh, Best in Show. Yes. Give me the pepperoni, I'll hold it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he was on the show, right, for Two More Girls this week, just fucking killing it. And it's crazy. We had this part. The, the part the role is basically this guy's going to break up with Kat Dennings using his therapist to do it. He brings his therapist to dinner to break up with her. Okay. And it's a, a pretty funny scene. But, the, the you know, again, the therapist didn't really have any funny lines. And we heard it was him and I just like sprang to life and wrote like twenty jokes for this guy. And then you see him in the thing and it's like, Yeah, we're gonna need to bring him back at the end of the episode. Like he just elevates everything. Oh, it was crazy. him and Coolidge. And then we also had the woman who played uh, the descendant of Blaine Fabin and Waiting for Guffman. The really intense, weird black haired oh, woman.
0: Yes, 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 yes. These wow. three,
1: like, I'm hoping they do some improv, even though our show doesn't really allow it. But just reading what we wrote, they were fucking incredible.
0: Yeah, like, they're
1: just fucking pros. Like, well, they, he, they make everything funny.
0: He worked with Coolidge on the guest movie, so it was, it was like a little reunion thing for them.
1: It was a reunion. And, you know, you didn't get the feeling they didn't like each other. But, like, they came in and didn't seem to know each other. And then you remember that those casts are so huge, Coolidge and him probably never met. That's weird. Like, they're in no scenes together in those movies.
0: He hits on her in.
1: Oh yeah, that's true.
0: In um, for your consideration,
1: that is true. I forgot about that.
0: Which is the only character I've ever seen him do that that could conceivably take the, the trophy from the best in show character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 tremendous. All right, so here she is in a bra and panties again. Why?
1: I don't know. I mean, she's she's not a name, so you can get anybody in there. I never understand in a hard R movie like this, where the nudity is a lot of the appeal, why you're casting somebody with a no nudity clause. It makes no sense. I, uh... and again, I know I sound like a scumbag. I I don't really care, folks.
0: I've paid zero attention to the story.
1: There's not much story. I mean, she's she's kind of a, it's a single white female type deal with her and Bowden. And then on the side, she, you know, fucks so sh- a bunch of dudes and kills them.
0: She's obsessed with Bowdoin, and she wants to be with Bowdoin.
1: Yeah, and she also, you know, she tries to kind of blackmail her by saying that, you know, she got her on ecstasy and got pictures of her with dudes out at a bar. She just likes to fuck with people's lives. She's a villain. That's all there is to it.
0: What, what does she try to blackmail her for? Sex?
1: Uh, I don't even remember. I don't even remember.
0: Okay. Now, now. Wh- if you had to marry one of these two characters, which one would you marry?
1: It's a fascinating question. It's like that same question works for Mulholland Drive, you know.
0: But you didn't know the, that the dark-haired one was crazy. You can't, that
1: can't come into account. I think I could sense that she was crazy. That's what I feel like, too. It took me 10 years, but my crazy radar is so strong right now because I've dated a lot of really nuts girls. Actually, that's not true. I've dated a couple. Uh, I always say if a guy says every girl he's ever dated is crazy, the guy is crazy. Right. But if a guy says one girl he dated is really crazy, that girl's crazy.
0: Well, give them a few. I mean, you should get more than one.
1: I've had a couple. You know, I'm sure girls have thousands of, of guys that they think are crazy, and I'm sure they are as well.
0: Uh, now, how many times did you I, – I, I'm not done with Daddy's Home yet. How many times did you laugh out loud in the theater?
1: I – usually a movie like that, at the beginning, you'll laugh because you're still kind of like, this could maybe get funny or whatever. I didn't even have that. I didn't laugh out loud one time. Nothing. Uh, at the end of the movie, I liked the ending of the movie and it's a, it's a dance scene and they go up against your dear friend, Bill Burr,
0: Bill, Bill's in that movie.
1: He's randomly in the final scene of this movie and he has a dance off with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. That's kind of funny. Bill dances in the movie. He dances. He's like an asshole who wants to fight the dads. Really? Yeah.
0: All right. It's a nice little part. In fact, I think he told me when he was doing, I don't remember. I it's the kind of movie where
1: you just feel like I bet everyone had a way better time on set than I did watching this movie. Okay. And they didn't show any outtakes, so maybe they didn't have fun because these are the movies <laughs> that always have outtakes.
0: The outtakes from uh there's a there's a clip online, a YouTube clip of Will Ferrell, The Best of Will Ferrell like bloopers. Yeah. And it's just one after the other from all these different things. And as an acting exercise, I've watched it and tried not to laugh. Yeah. Because I was like, what if you were in this situation? You'd have to get through it. And it is impossible.
1: The funniest outtakes in the history of film and television are Will Ferrell on Eastbound and Down.
0: That's the, that's, it starts with that.
1: That is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And he has Danny McBride like, it's, in the scene as air, Danny McBride's head is violently trembling. It's brutal.
0: It's so funny. The thing, when I he feel saw like was dripping kid,
1: down to my plums, the, pl- and the kid walks in and he says, Let the boy watch. When he was having sex with his wife, I said, Let the boy watch. They are, those outtakes are the funniest things ever. If you get a chance, Will Farrell, eastbound and down, bloopers, outtakes.
0: Let the boy watch.
1: Let the boy watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he talks about how his ball... He keeps doing the thing about his nuts my being plums. plums. And he goes...
1: Take him to Farmer's Market.
0: Yeah, or oh, get ready for the market. Put one in my sack lunch <laughs>
1: for my for my dessert. Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: feel the juice dripping down my chin. Yeah.
1: It's... It's, it's, it's uh, funnier than anything he did on Eastbound and Down. Like, the outtakes are incredible. I had one... I had two moments like that
0: on the shooting things, uh, and I'll tell you the stories, Pat. Okay. The, uh, the first was on when I did Louie. This, this line didn't make the episode, but he said, Joe, I want to end the scene with you holding up a parking ticket and saying, do you guys pay for parking because the fat cunt at the front desk <laughs> says you don't validate?
1: Uh-huh
0: could could be i couldn't get through the fucking line i was laughing so hard they I wouldn't have been able to air once. that yeah yeah i got through it once by like the skin of my fucking <laughs> teeth uh and he had the camera right on me it was right. like a solo close-up like i was just it was brutal and the second one was the uh, one of the times i was doing amy schumer i was in a sketch with kurt metzger and uh zach braff
1: uh-huh i remember that sketch
0: yeah, and the end of the sketch is Amy saying like she wants Zach, her husband in the sketch, is played by Zach. She wants him to come upstairs and shit on her. Uh huh. And he he would end the sketch. He would grab this chicken wing and he go, "I better eat up. I got shitting to do." And he would start chopping <laughs> the chicken wing. And dude, I was fucking. We were, we were, we couldn't fucking get uh-huh. through it. Dude, it was yeah. so fucking funny. It was so funny. Like, there is something about when a guy does something that's so real right he was doing it exactly the way like a f- excited 15 year old kid would do it yeah yeah And it was so real i i couldn't stop laughing it was one of the great moments of my life he said i can't even i can't look at you <laughs> and i was like oh that's pretty cool the guy from scrubs yeah I can't get through it
1: <laughs> i can pretty much always stop laughing
0: oh well, it's a rare gift <laughs> I'm i get it like, bad at like funerals uh, and stuff i'm bad man
1: yeah I got it. I used to laugh at church with my sister all the time. Really pissed my dad off, so now I'm I'm really good at clipping it when I need to.
0: You what? Did you stop?
1: I'm talking? clipping my laughs when I need to.
0: Oh, it sounded like you were going to keep talking and you cut it off.
1: Well, that's that's all I had to say on that.
0: Now she just killed this guy with a needle in his neck.
1: She said it made her come.
0: Yeah, th- that's fine, but then she pushes the car down an alleyway with the dead guy in it and it just so happens a truck t-bones it and then it makes it look like it was a car accident right Uh, uh, what how did she know that that was going to happen
1: i don't know joe
0: and what was she going to do if the truck didn't hit it she didn't know she couldn't see that there was a truck coming i can't believe this movie was
1: in theaters 3d do you, now, did you see my bloody Valentine?
0: No, but it's the second time you brought it up.
1: No, I might be, I might be even getting the title wrong, but it was a three D kind of low budget thing like this. Yeah, too. No, I,
0: I remember. I remember, but did are you gonna tell a story about it or are you just bring? No, it I
1: comes? eventually saw it. I mean, I I have a three D TV and player and all that and. I love like I got Mad Max and watched it in 3D and it was fucking incredible. I love watching a 3D movie at home. Yeah, I love going to the theater and seeing them, but these low rent ones just scream like, like it's like you're saying they'll show a shower in 3D and then ten minutes later there's a pencil that gets thrown at the screen.
0: There hasn't been one 3D type shot no. since that shower. No,
1: it's just like a there's they no try to jump on for the bandwagon this movie to be in 3D. No, they and they don't make the money they think they'll make either. They think that just any idiot will go see a 3D movie. But they won't.
0: No. Uh, the second time I saw Star Wars, it, the new one, it was in 3D.
1: How yes. Now, how is that difference?
0: It was an incredible experience.
1: Okay. Better in 3D?
0: I wouldn't say better, necessarily. It was just slightly different. My favorite viewing, I've seen it three times now, my favorite of the three was the 35-millimeter screening at the Vista. Okay. Vintage cinemas. That was really cool because it was the grainiest of all of them. Yeah. And it just, I felt like I was back, like, a kid again, like watching Star Wars in the theater. Now, I really
1: we haven't it. discussed the new one. I know you loved it. I liked it very much. Are you going to see this seven times in the theater as well?
0: I think I'm going to see it one more time. I think four is going to do it for me. Okay. And then uh, and then I'll still be excited for it to come out on Blu-ray. Okay. Uh, I can't wait for the next one. There, there, John Boyega
1: said that the next movie is very dark. And the next one is like a clone... Side shot? What? It's like a side movie?
0: No, 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 no. He's saying episode eight, the sequel to Force okay. Awakens. But aren't they making
1: some sort of they're interim, interim clone l- movie? They're
0: making one-offs. They're not clone movies. The nec- the, the first one-off is Rogue One, mm-hmm. and it's about the the rebel assaulted to, to steal the plans of the Death Star. Okay. So it's a prequel to Star Wars, the original.
1: With any of the same characters? Um, They... T-
0: There's rumors going around that young Han Solo might make an appearance in it to kind of set up his Solo
1: movie. Okay. But uh, I'm assuming... So how many of these things are they making? Darth Vader, I think, is in it. Do we have like 30 Star Wars movies coming?
0: They're going to do one a year, they said. It's going to be like Marvel. They're going to do one a year.
1: Where do you slip in Force Awakens now to your ranking?
0: Top three
1: or two. You're saying possibly Empire followed by Force Awakens.
0: Empire's number one. I'd go Empire, Force Awakens, wow. Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, Okay, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. That's my
1: order. All what, right. What's your order? Well, I've rewatched all of them now, except I need to rewatch uh, Sith. But I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go Empire... Jedi, Star You're Wars, out of your mind. Force Awakens. Uh, you know, I, I got to see these all again. It, it's hard to compare something you saw once on a Saturday afternoon to something you've seen 18 times since you were a little kid.
0: I mean, Jedi. I think
1: it's unreasonable to compare those two things. It's
0: Jedi. It's just, it's, it's the, it's two. I love the opening, the whole opening, and I love all the stuff with Luke versus Vader. But I mean, just the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks. The Ewoks. Like like making keystone cops out of the empire. Yeah. And and also, too, it's like, guys, in the last movie, y- you kicked the shit out of the rebels when you needed to. Mm hmm. W- why don't you have the walkers down on Endor taking care of business? You got one thing down. You know what I mean? Like, where where's your back? Where's your artillery here? Sure. doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I wasn't completely enamored with the two new heroes in Force Awakens. I thought the uh, I mean forgive me here the the black guy I don't remember his Finn Finn was just needlessly screaming the entire movie like scared of everything to a point where I was like shut up man. And I, like I thought Finn. that the girl I loved her Was, yeah, very likable, but also, I I don't know, they didn't have the same thing where I was like,
0: I'm excited. These are
1: my guys here, like I did with the other ones. I
0: I, I felt like that. I'm excited to see her, like, and Chewbacca kick some ass in the next one. I'm excited to see her become more powerful. Yeah. I did love Kylo Ren. I love Kylo Ren. And
1: I love that he was, like, weird and, like, potentially homosexual, and everything that he was bringing to the table, I was like, I like this. This is different and weird.
0: I like Poe Dameron a lot, too.
1: Yeah. What? Everything felt a little too familiar to me except Kylo Ren. That was, I was like, this is a weird, like, psychosexual kind of vibe that I'm into. And I like that he had, like, a woman's haircut. And I liked the, I liked his voice. I was into it.
0: Now, did you only see it once? I only saw it once. I think on second and third views, you would appreciate the new characters a lot more.
1: I think so, too. I definitely think so, too.
0: You know, it's a lot to take in on that first screening.
1: Sure. I liked it a lot. I had a great time.
0: Yeah, it was quite fun. What was your favorite part?
1: You know what? If If I may be so bold, if I had to pick a reason why I wouldn't say it was like one of my favorites of the series is because I didn't have a scene where I was like, fuck yes. I didn't.
0: I don't even understand. I thought it all
1: kind of was like kept it at an even B-plus keel and it never really, it never went anywhere near like the fucking Phantom Menace where you're like, what what am I watching? What is this trash I'm watching? But it also never went into the like (laughs) A-zone where I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing to me. I never had a scene where I was like, this is new and exciting and crazy. I think you're nuts. I did like when she was able to use the powers of the force. That was very cool.
0: You didn't light up when she, when she goes garb The garbage will do, and they run towards the ship, and it's the Millennium Falcon, and that whole sequence of her like learning how to fly it. And I
1: think people clapping is what made me realize it was the Millennium Falcon.
0: Yeah, that 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 scene. Brought tears to literally tears to my eyes. Yeah, it got me so excited. Han and Chewie with when the when the rylarks, whatever the fuck they were called, get loose. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm not. I'm not the the diehard Star Wars guy. Evidently, so you said uh, you didn't
0: know it was the Millennium Falcon
1: when everybody clapped. I was like, okay, this is this must be the Millennium Falcon.
0: This must be the. All right, let's, I'm sorry. We don't need to talk about this anymore. <laughs> it Fucking is what it is. To a child, evidently. Uh, Nisi Nash I'm just picking up now Is the comic relief in this film Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've been talking through all of We've been talking through the whole film But uh, through all of her scenes as well Right uh, And I just realized she's This is supposed to be some comedic thing They've got a character running around the hospital Putting smiley face stickers on everybody Yep Not quite sure why uh, It's ironic You know I'm sure there's a reason But who is this girl playing the smiley face girl
1: I don't know who she is.
0: What happened to Judd Nelson? Is he dead?
1: No, he's around. He does die. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Uh, I watched The Danish Girl, Eddie Redmayne, dressing up like a a woman. Yeah, how was it? Didn't care for it.
0: It's not getting great reviews. I'm surprised. I thought that guy was going to grab a NASCAR two years in a row, but the the reviews have been kind of mild about it.
1: I mean, he even shows his dick. He tucks it back, Buffalo Bill style.
0: Does he dance in the mirror like Buffalo Bill?
1: No, he makes, straight up, he makes way too many faces. Like, he's already, like, in a full dress and, like, Sunday ladies' hat. But then he's, like, really overdoing the faces and and acting. Uh, And I thought at times, and I could not be more accepting and tolerant of the whole movement.
0: Well, here comes a statement. That was a hell of a disclaimer you're putting. <laughs> I really could, but I was just like, say.
1: this guy is, he, he's not trying to treat this with any kind of respect. He's desperately begging to get an Oscar because he got a taste of it right out of the gate. And now he's like, he, he's just, you're already playing a woman. You're already dressed as a woman. You don't need to insanely gesture and move your face around.
0: All right. Well, I don't think you needed that disclaimer. That's not intolerant what you just I, said. You yeah, said I you just, didn't think he was good at, at the acting.
1: Joe, you know the times in which we live.
0: I do. I do.
1: I just didn't care for it. And I'm sitting there, you know, I turn to my girlfriend to be like, this is ridiculous, and she's got tears streaming down her face. So it, it works on some, obviously.
0: The uh, <laughs> uh, I went to see Creed with my dad. Love Creed. It was sold out.
1: You didn't see it yet?
0: I still haven't seen it. Joe,
1: that's fucking nuts.
0: It was sold out because I...
1: That's fucking in nuts, In the Philadelphia
0: Joe. area, that movie is even more popular than everywhere else. Creed is
1: really great.
0: Well, it was sold out. So my dad and I ended up seeing the Hateful Eight instead, which I couldn't believe wasn't sold out. Right. Uh, and we loved every minute of it. It was a little awkward sitting next to my dad during the scene where <laughs> there's a forced male on male blowjob. But, uh, now, let me ask
1: you this, and I think it's fair now. It's been out a while, and that is only the Act 1 break. Do you think that actually happened or that he was trying to force Bruce Dern's hand?
0: I think that's one of the—all right, this right, we're going to go real
1: heavy spoiler right now
0: because I've been waiting to talk to you about why— But I now,
1: wait. Are we only spoiling up to that hour and a half mark no, of I'm a three-hour movie? I'm going to speak
0: freely about this movie.
1: All right. Well, folks, I don't know what you want to do here.
0: It's, it's it's
1: movies and theaters. I don't necessarily love that we're about to spoil the movie. We're not
0: spoiling cuz we're giving the warning so you can tune out if you don't want to hear it anymore. Okay. So my
1: uh, I then they don't know when to come back. Uh, uh, all right.
0: Do you want to talk about this any longer?
1: <laughs> all right. Well, when you <laughs> click back into this the, when you click back into the show, just make sure we're not still talking I'm about it. I trying to get replay.
0: through this goddamn nurse movie. If uh, you're a, if you're a film can. fan,
1: you should have seen the new Quentin Tarantino movie by now, frankly.
0: One of the things I loved so much about the movie was the brilliant setup of Samuel Jackson's character with that letter from Lincoln. Yeah. Where you didn't know if what he was saying was true or not. I thought right. that was brilliant. Another place where they exploited that was he talks about how the lady that owned the haberdashery hated Mexicans. Yes. And when you see the scene in the flashback where she meets the Mexican guy, she's she's a joy to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so
0: exactly. They, they just, they, there were little nuances in his stories and whatever like that, where you were like, "Is he lying? Is he telling the truth? Is he not?" I loved that. I thought it was awesome. Another Easter egg thing that I thought was so cool was when Tim Roth, um, when they show the flashback and you see that he is speaking with a put-on accent through the first act of the movie, right? The accent he goes into in the second act that which is his real accent, yeah. Is the same accent he uses in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, that's true. As the undercover cop. That's I true. Was like that's so fucking
1: cool, man. I really, I there were little moments like that that I really, really liked. Hateful Eight. There are multiple little moments that I was like, that was great, and yet on the whole, it's my least favorite Tarantino movie. Although I give it a B B+, gladly. I had a good time. I just thought. You know I would have loved to see any of his other movies extended to a three hour length and shot in seventy millimeter and this seemed to not be the one to do either of those things in to me.
0: I loved it uh it was one of his most impressive movies to me as far as the shots they were pulling off, yeah. I mean, there were the, sh-
1: the outdoor stuff was fucking incredible. Yeah, there were I, I was like, this. this is the one of some of those beautiful things I've ever seen.
0: Well, there's a scene where there's a naked man going through three feet of snow and it's really happening. Yeah. And you're like, how are they doing this right now?
1: So well, there were there were look, am- if I'm if I'm going to be in a Tarantino movie, I'll walk naked through the snow. So
0: there was it was an amazing I got nothing to hide. It was an amazing feat that they shot in that kind of weather and whatever. Uh, it was to me. I liked it better than his last three movies.
1: Oh, okay. Because here's why. All right. Or, or we're talking Pro- Django okay. and Glorious Bastards. I Liked
0: it better than Django and Glorious wow. Bastards, Kill Bill, or Death Proof. So his last four. Wow. The only one I could understand would be Death Proof. Here's okay. here's why. I'll tell you why. It's the those are all great movies. Yeah, I'm not knocking those movies. This movie, to me, was the most Tarantino thing he had done since Jackie Brown. It was sure. tried and true Tarantino. It was no Leonard thing. It was dialogue-driven. It was, these are your characters. It wasn't jumping like into all these different storylines and sequences that were happening in all these different places. I know Pulp Fiction kind of does that. Yeah. But I, I just mean, like you know, Django Unchained... Uh, Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill. These are like epic movies, right? Epic, sprawling movies that tackle very specific uh, genre pieces in cinema. You know, Kill Bill is the samurai movie, right? You got the World War Two movie. You've got the western, and this, of course, was a western too. But it was Reservoir Dogs to me. It was like it was like here are eight guys. They're trapped in this room. And we're going to figure out who we can trust and who we can't. And, I, yeah. and it was it just I, I loved it, man. I fucking
1: loved it. I again, that's one I would very I will definitely see again before it leaves theaters. But to me, I couldn't help but feel a little let down by the whole thing. And I hated everyone in it. Uh, it's called the hateful eight. Pat. I know. I know. <laughs> I thought Samuel Jackson was awesome. But at the end of the day, I was like, I liked the Reservoir Dogs. I don't like these people.
0: Oh I th- no see I felt very similar about the reservoir dogs to these guys I felt like they were there were guys you kind of started to like and then they would say something horrific or do something horrific yeah and you'd be like, I don't like this guy anymore yeah and by the end of it there was kind of like one or two guys that you liked and sure. it was, it was Roth and Keitel and that and in this one it was the sheriff that redeems himself sure and sam jackson sure and in and the whole the whole revelation at the end of it like it's kind of becomes this movie about racial progress and i don't know i just thought it was great i we should go see it at the arc light because the arc light is showing the 2 hour and change cut i'd be curious to see what the tighter version is like
1: yeah i only saw that roadshow version as well that's all i saw yeah i did dig it very much Uh, tarantino has has done so much greatness that it's really not fair to compare a movie of his to his other movies because they're some of my favorite movies but to me it's his least successful movie maybe a repeat viewing will change that uh well here's the thing too that i also
0: appreciated because there were there were certain people were complaining about the roadshow aspect of it and the uh, the length and
1: all this stuff. Oh, I loved having an intermission. I
0: like that he tried to create an experience. Yeah. For and sure. my dad, my dad was like blown back by that too because it took him back to being a kid again. He was like Yeah. He when we got home, he said to my mom, he's like, "When's the last time you saw a movie with an intermission?" Yeah. Like my dad was was tied into that movie, man. I haven't my dad really falls asleep a lot during movies. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that he w- was in there and stuck with it I probably helped me helped yeah. My,
1: the 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 my enjoyment my own enjoyment of it. Well, I think I said the last time on this podcast the last the only movie I ever saw with the intermission was Dances with Wolves which was 1990. I don't think they've done it since. I've never seen Dances with Wolves. I thought Wolves. that was pretty cool. Dances with Wolves at least when I was a kid I loved. I'm sure it still holds up. Shocked that as a
0: kid you'd have an interest in that
1: movie. Which... Eh, my dad brought me. I don't know. Yeah. I was 10. It's a Western. It's fun. Did you, uh, but you didn't answer my question. We talked for 10 minutes and still didn't answer my question. Do you think Samuel L. Jackson forced that guy to suck his dick or not? Well,
0: no, that's, I thought I did. What I was saying was the beauty of it was you don't know. Right. That was. But what do you think? I think probably not. I think not. Yeah. I think he probably just killed the guy's son. I did laugh really hard at them because it was just so shocking. It was intense. It was <laughs> up there with well, again, classic Tarantino was like yeah. the Gimp scene in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it yeah. was yeah. like, whoa, he totally just showed it. The music is exceptional. The Ennio Morricone score is great. Is exceptional. Uh, it just won. He just won the Golden Globe. Um, and
1: then Tarantino got in trouble for saying "ghetto." What did he say? He said. Ennio Morricone is my favorite composer of all time, and he's like, I'm not just limiting it to film composers. That ghetto, I'm talking about.
0: That just means that Beethoven.
1: Neighborhood. It. and then Jamie Fox gets up after Jamie Fox, who did Django Unchained, arguably Jimmy Fox's best movie with Tarantino. He gets up to the mic after him and he goes, "Ghetto," like <laughs> disgusted with him.
0: That's a term that means that means neighborhood.
1: And I no, I'm I'm well aware. I just thought like. <laughs> People really want to mark Tarantino as a racist, and I just do not buy it because he's given some of the most interesting parts for African Americans of the past 20 years, for sure. You look at Jackie Brown, somebody who creates that movie around that character simply cannot be a racist. And granted, his usage of the N-word is a little insane at times. I thought Uh,
0: there was, until the end, until where I realized where hatefully it was going i was like okay this seems excessive and 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 weird and yeah yeah and at the end the way it all came together i was like okay i get it i see what he was doing he was he was built to to me what he was trying to do at least was he was showing how much of a jump it was for that sheriff to side with samuel L. jackson yeah he was also showing how awesome samuel jackson's character was and how mistreated he was yeah and the justice being finally served in the end. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bruce Dern was that that was another thing I loved in the setup was when they show the flashback t- Channing Tatum says to Bruce Dern, you say hello, you tell him your name and you don't say shit else. Right. And Bruce Dern can't fucking help it. He's yeah. so racist. Yeah, he yeah, He can't fucking help it and he he sets off the chain of dominoes that gets everybody killed.
1: Yeah. I will. like even just this conversation I want to see it again. So, that part was great. Clearly it was not a failure.
0: No, it was great. I also love too the uh the uh what's it called? What was I gonna say? I can't remember. It's funny, my dad had no my dad like I knew Tarantino's name but doesn't know who he is. Right. And he called me and he's and he was like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that Ennio Morricone guy won the Golden Globe for best soundtrack to a movie And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I go, I didn't see the show and he goes, Well that Tarantino fella accepted for him. He's uh He's a
1: strange guy. I was like, yeah, he's he kind of weird, right? He he's looks like Frankenstein a... at this point. W- 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 what he's you... got, like, weird fake hair and everything. <laughs> just, it looks like he has bolts coming out of his neck. <laughs> his forehead seems to be growing. Yeah, exactly. It's
0: very odd, but uh, I love the I'm guy glad man. he's
1: making movies, I'll tell you that much. Yeah,
0: I. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to mention. I can't remember. Oh, what did you think of the – that's what it was, it was. about the Golden Globes. What did you think of the Gervais-Mel uh, Gibson exchange?
1: It actually made me feel bad for Mel Gibson. I, I was like, you know what, man? <laughs> like, the guy is going to show his face now after, like, ten years, <laughs> and you're just going to bring up the same fucking thing. Yeah, I, I, agree. I now, agree. Here's the thing. It, what, it, what it reminds me of, and so my favorite songwriter of all time is Elvis Costello. I, I love Elvis Costello, and I understand he's a divisive person. I don't really care. But well-documented is in a bar with, like, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, who he despised in the 70s. Right. Costello used to be, like, a two-bottle-of-vodka-a-day alcoholic, <laughs> right. and he's so drunk he can't stand in this bar. And he's trying to get a rise out of Stephen Stills, of Crosby, Stills, and Nash, who he considers like a hippie loser. <laughs> and they start screaming at each other, and he's like, tell me somebody you like or whatever, and he tells them that he he likes Ray Charles. And Elvis Costello refers to Ray Charles as an N-word. Right. To get a rise out of Stephen Stills and try to get him to punch him in the face. Right. Now, Elvis Costello is based pretty much his entire life on a celebration of african-american music and working with african-american artists and right um but this is out there right and it's been out there and he addresses it in both of his biographies and discusses it like gives an entire chapter to it right when you know he'd, he'd rather let it go right uh, but he f- he feels clearly a lot of guilt and bad about it and someone asked ray charles about it because they shared a bill together elvis costello and ray charles and Ray Charles, they said, now, you know, Elvis Costello said this about you in 1979 or whatever. And Ray Charles goes, oh, well, drunk talk is drunk talk, and it should be left at that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, look, there's a lot to say about all this. It's <laughs> kind of insane. But, like, I, I, at my absolute drunkest, have not said the N-word. I, I don't get that. I don't understand. Right. But, like, when I look at Mel Gibson, I'm like, look, I heard those tapes, him screaming at that woman. you got to blow me in the jacuzzi. Me and Pete Holmes used to work at Outsource, and all day we would listen to these Mel Gibson tapes. Right. And how hilariously insane they were. Right. Like, I'm proud to say at my darkest, drunkest moment, you're not going to find me saying anything that would get me exiled from the entertainment industry. Right. That's what happened with Mel Gibson. sure. But, like... I mean, god damn it! Like we're just never going to let this guy back in. Well, no, we're going to keep bringing up this the most painful this incident is, but of his this life. This is
0: why I brought it up. Yeah. Well, number one, I've always been of the belief. Obviously, I don't agree with anything the guy said. Of course, I've not. always I've always been of the belief. Like when I've heard those tapes of him, I was like, "This sounds beyond drunk to me. This sounds like a guy that's off his medication and is having some sort of a breakdown." A thousand percent. So. Obviously, you, you try to give a guy a little more leeway because there are things interfering. Uh, I don't think Mel Gibson is a racist. Y- having seen him be like best pals with Danny Glover all those years, you know, right? Like, and I, I mean, I guess like his remarks
1: were focused on the Jews, correct?
0: Well, that's the uh, that's the second incident. I'm referring to his end bomb in the original voicemails or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my, oh, yeah. yeah. My hope... point is, is like, I think the guy had a problem. Now, wait,
1: did he say, I hope you get raped by a pack of, was that him? Yes. Oh, boy, man. So, so, I think. And then we're focused on sugar tits. That's weird, too.
0: Well, I mean, I think there's even some things that people don't feel comfortable joking about. Sure, sure. But here's my point. Here's my point. I think the guy was in a bad fucking place. Clearly. And fucked up. And I think he's sorry for it. And I think that he's trying to redeem himself. And he's apologized. And I think that that appearance was a huge step in the right direction for him. Because two things. The first thing is he got that colonoscopy line in on Gervais. It got a huge fucking laugh. Yeah. Yeah, It got a huge laugh. Ricky Gervais comes back out, which was kind of a baby move. I agree. He got you. He needed the last word. Yeah. Ricky Gervais gets the last word walks off and then Mel Gibson says in response to the sugar tits question you'll have to ask the guy that said it because it wasn't me. Mm. So he's just like, dude, yeah, he said that on stage? Yeah, he goes, you'll have to ask the guy that oh, said it because it wasn't me. And it's he's like, dude, I was I, I was fucked up, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think I think he I think he got a lot of ground for himself in that appearance. I really do. And look, he he agreed to do it. He clearly knew like I'm going to be brought out by this guy. He's going to make jokes. Yeah. And he was, like, ready to handle himself, and he did.
1: I just think, like, Jody Foster, who was, like, an out-and-proud lesbian and, and all these people coming forward and being like, Gu- guys, this isn't Mel Gibson or whatever else. Uh, you know, it's enough for me to, like, at least be like, all right, I don't need to throw a tin can at this guy when he walks on stage. No. I, it's not ideal, but, like, the you know, the shittiest things people have said and done, he's one of the few people that has had his publicly dissected now for a fucking decade
0: yeah i think he had a bad he had a bad run and he was in a bad place and some unfortunate things were said and hopefully
1: horrific you know, things
0: he comes back you know yeah. but that appearance I, I was rooting for him i was like i i want to see the guy you know what else i think helped seeing an awesome mad max movie and everybody kind of being like
1: oh yeah remember when we loved mel gibson yeah like i you know I think, you know, my mother, the only, and looking back on it now, it's a little strange. The only time I ever knew my mom to be like, to watch a movie more than once even, was Lethal Weapon. And she would watch it like 20 times. All those Lethal Weapon movies, and she loved them. And later on, it it occurred to me, she had the hots for Mel Gibson. Yeah. He had a lot of butt scenes in the 80s, and she'd watch all his movies again and again, and no one else's.
0: I remember my mom and her friend talking about how much they loved the the bear ass scene that Mel Gibson yeah. did in *Lethal Weapon*.
1: He was kind of a, a huge deal in his day, and I, I think *Braveheart* and *Apocalypto* are fantastically directed movies as well. So, like Master I of the
0: Crisis is a fantastically directed film.
1: Yeah, I thought his smart move would be to stay, be to stay behind the camera and direct, but then again, anyone who wants to act with him now has to. F- Fess up to like people saying, "Well, now you're aligning yourself with an anti semite." I, I,
0: I think, and I've always been of the belief too that this is always my this is my Woody Allen defense. I think when somebody has these types of when somebody is this person truly in their heart, yeah, or at their core, I think they're it's never one or two weird slip up things. It's like there are several incidences or incidents usually sure. that's my th- that's my opinion i don't know if i'm right or not but and i think if he if i think if mel gibson wasn't a guy that had a bad run-in with drugs or alcohol or whatever and made some mistakes and truly was that guy there would have been a hell of a lot more accounts of it yeah i mean the first i think
1: there is also as much as i hear that and respect that opinion there's also a part of me that thinks that might be what we want to believe because we like these people Whereas I mean, if Jamie Kennedy was caught doing it, you'd be like, fuck that guy. Well, we I don't know. That. No one knows. All I can do is say I like Mel Gibson's movies. I like him as an actor and director. I like Woody Allen's movies, obviously. You know. uh, and just hope that they're not the monsters that we've I come guess. to believe they might be. I hope not. I hope it's a not. scary thought. But I, I, I think not. there's a lot of people who are way worse who are never exposed. I guess my point is. And that's is, unfortunate. I
0: guess my point is, is, you know. You look at the Cosby situation.
1: Oh Jesus Christ!
0: It's a it's 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 an endless stream of people saying, "Yeah, no, that he does do that." You yeah, know what I mean, when when Travolta got accused of grabbing that masseuse's dick or whatever, a lot was of like, masseuses came from. It was like shitloads. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was like, it, it's so I don't know. We'll see. How much longer does this goddamn movie have? By the way, it's about over. I, I mean, I thought it was about over about four times now. We're way off. I don't even remember what well, we're watching. Well, it's
1: not even midnight, and we started at about 10.30, so. We only started at 10.30? Maybe a little prior. I'm going to do a little uh, jiggle. Yeah, we got about 20 minutes. Oh, 15 God. minutes. I think it's a fascinating topic, and it's a topic that in a bar with a big group of people, I, I wouldn't necessarily discuss. That's what. I wouldn't. You know, that's why it's kind of fascinating that we're talking about it now, but like.
0: I feel comfortable talking to you about this. I wouldn't talk about this. Yeah, a except bar. we're
1: talking to a lot of people about
0: it. Yeah, but I mean, uh, we're oh. also safely just having this conversation. You know, the two of us. There, there can be no confrontation right now. Sure, we're just talking. Sure, um, but yeah, in a bar. I mean, look. But here's the thing: I wouldn't have the conversation in a bar, not because I'm afraid to voice my opinion. It's because it's not worth the person that's going to start yelling at you sure i just it's like i don't we're out here to have fun i don't feel like hearing this right now
1: yeah here's what i will say in the defense like justin bieber i you know by all accounts is kind of a scumbag if i heard justin bieber raped a woman i would be like oh god fuck him like immediately if i heard that john candy (laughs) raped a woman i would want to do anything in my power to not believe that sure uh and I think that's wrong, and yet it's also just kind of a, a true thing. Like I, I look at Mel Gibson and I'm like, he can't be this. I look at Woody Allen and I'm like, I hope he's not this because I like their work, but ultimately that's not fair to potential victims of of course their not. crimes. You of know, of
0: course not. Yeah, you're, you're. However,
1: Mel Gibson yelling some fucked up shit at somebody is a lot different than Bill Cosby raping everyone who ever lived. <laughs> and you know there's a difference no matter what terrible things Mel gibson said no you know we're not getting 800 women who come forward and say yeah he raped me
0: yeah i I would agree with that i would agree with that cosby facing jail time
1: facing jail time except he just got let off in california apparently
0: yeah but he's being tried that big trial that he's going on yeah it's happening in my hometown
1: oh is that right that is happening at the courthouse in my hometown you see him with that sweater hobbling up like he's all old and decrepit or whatever that is a guy who like you, you, you almost want to see people at the court steps like throwing rocks at him it's just fucking disgusting
0: it's devastating when when all the stuff came out about led zeppelin stealing their songs yeah it was heartbreaking And the example I would always use is I would say, My God, I can't even wrap my head around it. It would be like if I heard like that Richard Pryor stole all his material. Right. And this is essentially now the way, way, way worse version of that. Right. Like it's 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 so devastating to me that a guy I looked up to that much is this guy. Like I can't believe
1: it. And was just held as an example by my parents and like we have to watch the show every week and like it's brutal. And the fact that he's devoted so much of his life telling black men to get their shit together and pull their pants up and stop listening to hip hop. Yeah, it's it's... you just it makes it it makes you just want to just beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, I know. Because frankly, if a hundred people say something, it is it is truth. And you see this shit like I I really respect, uh, obviously, Outkast, one of my favorite musical acts of all time. And Big Boy, I follow him on all the social media. I love what he says all the time. And then he randomly posted something like, Hey, let's not jump to conclusions on Bill Cosby. And it posted some crackpot websites, you know, disproving some woman's uh, testimonial or whatever. And I was like, Fuck you, Big Boy. A <laughs> hundred women aren't lying. And it, it, yeah. it shouldn't need a hundred women to make something true I agree. and it doesn't i believe the recent uh, kale hartman shit a thousand percent and that's now only two women uh i would believe one woman if they told me i'm just saying a hundred there can't still be people who say that's not true that no, can't I, happen
0: yeah no I, I agree i agree but i i i think it speaks to just how you what you said earlier how we want to believe certain people it can't be true It speaks to how devastating it is. Yeah. And I'm not saying, so you should be defending him in any way. No. I know that Bill, in my heart, I know Bill Cosby is guilty. Yeah. I don't know for a fact, but I know in my heart. Uh, I believe in my heart, I should say. But, you know, I, I, uh, it's devastating. This is how devastating it is. If you wrote a screenplay about this, not about Bill Cosby, just a screenplay where this was the story. Yeah. The, and the big twist at the end was he's been raping all these women, you'd be like, this is poorly written. This isn't believable. Yeah. It's it's the most insane reveal I've ever experienced, ever, in my yeah. life. Like, I,
1: I can't, I, there will never be, I know I'll never see anything like this ever again, I would think. I mean, my God. You never, you just never know with people. The coolest thing to me is, like, thinking back on all those Tina Fey on SNL and on 30 Rock multiple times called him out for being a rapist before anything came out, and everybody was like, eh, I'll just pretend that didn't happen. Or, like, it wouldn't get a laugh. Eh, I guess I didn't hear that. But it's been kind of legend for a while. I had heard rumblings about it for a while.
0: Well, there was stuff on his, you know, there was stuff on his, I remember hearing stuff, and there was stuff on the Wikipedia page, but then both things said, like, they were these accusations, and he and they were settled out of court and whatever. So it was, it was just enough that it made you feel okay saying, like, okay, maybe he didn't do it then. Yeah. You know, and then some guy just got, by the way, just to stick with the movie in some <laughs> capacity, scissors through the neck. Again, needless 3D shot, and it was CGI scissors. Scissors they,
1: I don't necessarily think could go through a neck. I don't know that for sure. But. That
0: was absurd. And yeah. the, this woman would have to have the strength. Mm-hmm. Of a, of 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 Bigfoot. Yeah. Do you know how hard it would be to shove scissors through the back of somebody's neck and make them pop out the front?
1: I don't, but I could guess.
0: It would take oh. a lot. And then she just stabbed him into a guy's eye. This is one of those horror movies too, because it's in three D, where they're doing like all the gore effects or, or CGI. And it's just terrible.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, fucking Daddy's Home had a lot of comedy terrible cgi effects which to me is
0: like more
1: infuriating than horror like will ferrell gets on uh marky mark's motorcycle and then he winds up crashing into the it's in the trailer he crashes into the house and the motorcycle flies out the window and it's the worst special effects i've seen maybe in my entire life and in a comedy it's like
0: what is cgi though
1: to me, special effects and comedy do not mix unless you're doing, like, a Ghostbusters.
0: What is CGI'd?
1: Like, Will Farrell himself, or just the bike The motorcycle, or- like, when it... The motorcycle crashes, he's in a wall, and then you see the motorcycle come crashing back out the upper floor window, and it looks like... Basically, like, they had a sticker of a motorcycle that they moved over the lens. It looks so fake. This movie's just really
0: ripping stuff off from a lot of different movies. They ripped off that that omen thing at the beginning they just did a freddie versus jason thing where she cut the nozzle off one of those like oxygen tanks yeah and it shot yeah uh, this is a pretty shameless film <laughs> it's a pretty shameless film i'm sure there's also been a killer nurse and something else too
1: probably yes
0: she has an orgasm every time she hurts somebody
1: yeah it turns her on i believe
0: Because she saw her dad murdered in front of her.
1: Right. Uh, Which, uh, this also takes a great deal from Dexter. Because she's punishing people. Dexter also saw his dad murdered, or his mom murdered, or whatever the hell it was. This
0: movie really is just a, all right, well, not a good film. Who directed this thing?
1: That I don't know.
0: I'm going to look it up.
1: What if that was the twist that I directed it and I was waiting to hear you? Give me an honest critique.
0: Did I ever tell you about the time I was talking to a guy about Cabin Fever?
1: No. I like Cabin Fever.
0: I said, uh, uh, we were talking about Cabin, we were working on an acting gig together, and, we, and he brought up Cabin Fever, and I said, are you going to be out in L.A.? And he said, well, I'll probably come out because they're doing a, like a Cabin Fever remake. And, I, and he said, so I want to come out for the premiere of that. And I said, oh, that's cool. And I go... Yeah, I'm not a big Cabin Fever fan. I started going off on why I didn't like the movie and what I didn't like about it. And I go, you must really love it. I mean, you're coming out to see this remake premiere. And he goes, yeah, well, I wrote it.
1: Oh. (laughs) Eli Roth didn't write Cabin Fever?
0: Uh, This guy wrote it with Eli Roth. Oh, okay. And then I went and bought Cabin Fever and said, I'll give it a second chance. All right. Very funny, though.
1: I enjoyed Cabin Fever.
0: Uh, I like when she shaves her skin off. Yeah. I like that part. Was that
1: Shannon Elizabeth in that movie?
0: I don't remember. I, I really don't remember. All right, hold on here. I'm looking up nurse. My phone's at 20%. I hate when it gets down to 20%. Is that the killer nurse? Oh, she's playing fake like she needs help? I believe so. And now she's going to sucker these guys? I believe so. Now, does she make it through this whole—hold on a second.
1: No, um, I, they definitely, from what I recall, leave it open for a sequel that uh, they may be making for all I know. Any movie with violence and gratuitous, really good nudity is going to have a shelf life.
0: It's got a 4.6 on IMDb. It's got a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, much higher than I would have given it. Yeah. Uh, and we're trying to figure out who directed this thing. Oh, wait, The Nurse is a 1997 movie as well. Traumatized nurse plots revenge against a catonic businessman who she blames for the death of her family. And this movie is just lifting shit. (laughs) Jesus, God. That's not that different. Nurse 3D.
1: That's what this is.
0: Yeah. Your pain is her pleasure. Right. That's a line almost verbatim out of Hellraiser. Yeah. What is this part now? She's getting arrested now. She thought she made it out. Another the cut. Co- Doug Aronofsky. Is that how you say that? Doug Aron Not ar- Doug? related to Darren Aronofsky? No, no, no. It's Doug Arniokoski. That's how you say that. Okay. He directed this Criminal Minds and Sleepy Hollow and Arrow. He's done TV. all TV. Uh,
1: you a uh, Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow fan?
0: Yes. Very much so.
1: I lo- fucking love that movie.
0: Uh, he uh, got a start on the horror feature Dr. Mordred. Okay. First AD. He worked on From Dust Till Dawn. Okay. The Faculty. Kay. Spy Kids. As first AD. First directorial effort was Highlander Endgame. Which I believe is the fourth Highlander.
1: I own Highlander. I've never seen any of the Highlanders.
0: Never saw one of them. Never saw one of them. No. Never had much of an interest in it for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. It seems like something to be right my alley. But I
1: mean, Connery. I'm on board.
0: Connery's in the first two, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I remember in the sequel, the, tr- the commercials for the sequel, him going, greetings, Highlander.
1: Hello, Highlander.
0: Who did Connery play? Like the master or something?
1: I assume he was a Highlander. I don't know.
0: No, Lambert's the Highlander.
1: Isn't he like an older Highlander who trains him to be a Highlander? There can
0: only be one. Okay. There can only be one Highlander. So she got the the kid, the nerdy neighbor kid, to help her dispose of this body at the end, and now it's going to be like he's her minion because he
1: wants to bang her? I believe so.
0: Something along those lines?
1: Getting back to Gervais... I saw The Office very early. I had heard a recommendation. I think Christopher Guest talked about it and something I saw when I was like in high school. And I was like this man is a genius. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I watched it constantly. I showed it to everyone I knew. Right. And I was like this this guy is like the coolest. Then at some point I guess it's talking about the atheism and talking about like oh I don't want to be the bad boy or whatever. He became someone that everyone cool in comedy shits on and hates. Right. Uh, which I get. I don't like somebody who, I, I like like Russell Brand, who's like, I'm a bad boy and has to say it a thousand times because right. then you're not really a bad boy. However, when he's hosting the Golden Globes, which is for a mass audience, who is that for at this point? Like
0: Middle America.
1: Middle America doesn't know or care about Ricky Gervais, though. He's never been in anything they've seen except like Night at the Museum.
0: He's apparently that famous, I guess. That's what I'm I don't get. I'm a get. fan of Ricky Gervais. I don't, I don't really like the the self aware "I'm a bad boy" crap. I think that's stupid. But um, I don't either, and I haven't seen I'm Derek. A, I like Derek a lot. I'm a fan of his work. You know, uh, if but, you uh, make The
1: Office, you get a pass, folks. And Extras is great extras too. Extras,
0: I prefer to The Office.
1: Um, but I see so much hate towards him, and I'm like, well, who do, who do you guys like then?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I
1: didn't love him at the Golden Globes either, and I don't like his whole shtick. But the like,
0: Golden Globes are not a show meant for entertainers and artists to watch. It's no. meant for Middle America, and that's and Middle America will get a kick out of that stuff, and that's it. You know, I don't know. Am I wrong,
1: Pat? No, he just needs to make something else great again. But I don't understand that everyone with their arms folded, like, oh, this piece of shit again. The guy was awesome. He was your hero not long ago, right? And then if he dies, you'll all suck his dick like you did with Robin Williams when you oh, turned on boy. him. Yeah. You know?
0: But we'll all suck his dick. Is this how, is this you saying you want to suck his dick?
1: I There's no dick I'd at. rather suck less than Ricky Gervais. <laughs> I'm just saying, the guy did The Office and Extras. Do you all have to spit so much bile at this man? Who's,
0: I don't I think all you're seeing is some Twitter, Twitter bile. Yeah, Twitter. What the fuck does anybody on Twitter know? I, I don't
1: think? know, Joe. I don't know I mean, anymore. We're,
0: we're grown men, for Christ's sakes! It's, it's you know, come on. You ready to close the South, Patty?
1: Let's close it up. They're recommending that we watch *Nymphomaniac*. That's they say. Hey, you guys are disgusting perverts. <laughs> I actually loved uh, both Nymphomaniacs. I do not
0: feel comfortable watching that with you. No,
1: we're not going to watch. That. You want to watch a three-hour movie right now? Uh, At no. midnight on a Wednesday. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to We'll See You in Hell, a presentation of the Fangoria Podcast Network, produced by Thomas DeFeo, an executive produced by Ken Hanley of Fangoria Entertainment for press opportunities, advertising inquiries, and information about We'll See You in Hell. Contact Ken. You can email him, ken at fangoria.com.
1: We are on the Twitter show. at the Patrick Walsh and Joe DeRosa Comedy. We love hearing your guys' feedback. We There's been a lot of it over the holidays, which was much appreciated and very cool to hear. Yes. And go. We're still please. doing our best. And let's should we announce what the next one will be? Should we just do the shining?
0: That's a tall order, that shining, man. That's that's two two and a half hours, man. We
1: promised people we'd tell them what the next one would be.
0: Uh all right. I we mean, have a
1: month. We're gonna give you guys a real no, treat. No, we
0: don't have a month, we've got to do another one.
1: We have two weeks. Folks <laughs> we don't have two weeks. Here's what our next here's one's gonna be. Week. And I guarantee you can watch this because you've already seen it. Our next one will be The Shining, a two-hour and 22-minute version of We'll See You in Hell. Imagine the things that we'll say and regret on that one. Because I'm already thinking, (laughs) what did I say about Bill Cosby that could be misconstrued? But please, folks, know that we are on the side of good.
0: That is a massive, tall order.
1: We're going to do it. Next up is The Shining. If you've never seen it, watch The Shining.
0: The Shining, next on We'll See You in Hell. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter and leave some good reviews of the, on Please the do, yes. iTunes page to, to fucking combat the troll cunts that leave one-star reviews. Uh, that's All right. Take care, everybody.
1: Good night, folks.